0: This is Scott Richmond, the director for New York and New Jersey for ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, coming to you from the front lines. ADL is on the front line every day fighting anti-Semitism and hate, and this show brings that to you from the WVOX studios in New York. This month is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month, better known as AAPI Heritage Month. A major front line in the fight against hate in this country is the effort to stop against the AAPI community. While ADL is often known for its work fighting anti-Semitism, we are also strong allies of the AAPI community in their fight. What role ADL plays in supporting the Asian community in this country is the topic of today's show. I've asked my friend and colleague Max Sevilla to join me to discuss this. He is ADL's Vice President for Government Relations, Advocacy, and Community Engagement. Welcome, Max, to from the front lines
1: it's called thank you for having me it's great to be with
0: you today so max about seven percent of the u.s population can trace their roots to asia and the pacific islands in the past few years there has been an undeniable uptick in attacks against this community some merely verbal uh, and others terribly violent can you briefly describe the scope of this increase in aapi hate
1: let me uh, start by relying on information by the Stop AAPI Hate organization uh, from March 2020 to December 2021. They tracked over 10,000 incidents of AAPI hate. Let me put that in a different context. The uh, Pew Research Center had a new report come out last week that shows that about one-third of Asian Americans have changed their daily routines due to concerns over threats. And attacks. That is the scope we're talking about today.
0: Well, that is uh, uh, very, very troubling and I'm sure that the logical question on everybody's mind is why? Why the recent uptick and, and what perpetuates it?
1: I, I think that there are multiple contributors to these uh, very alarming situations. Uh, certainly the pandemic. Uh, also some very uh, troublesome, some very irresponsible language from our national leaders uh, equating the uh, COVID-19 pandemic to the actions uh, and situations in China. Those irresponsible comments and uh, those sort of conspiracy theories have contributed in large part to this uh, situation of threats and hate against
0: the API community. Uh, Some of the listeners may feel that this is being a bit partisan, but I I know that ADL actually tracked the language of, um, uh, of some of our leaders and what happened when uh, uh, when that language was spoken and we saw an increase in AAPI hate. Can you describe that?
1: Sure. So let me make it clear. I don't believe that this is a part an issue. When I speak about irresponsible leaders, it's, uh, it's uh, an appreciation based on facts. And let me give you one uh, good example. When President Trump... Uh, was diagnosed with COVID uh, last uh, on October ninth, twenty twenty. ADL used a tool that our engineers created in order to measure the spike of hate against API, the uh, API community, during the first twelve hours upon the announcement of the president um, getting sick. And it showed alarmingly a forty-one percent increase uh, in the conversations. Uh, on anti Semitism, and an 85% increase in anti hate language and conspiracy theories on uh, Twitter. Uh, that was directly related to the president's diagnosis and the language uh, used uh, by the president and by others uh, irresponsibly.
0: I think that the parallels with the Jewish community are really fascinating in that Jews in this country are often blamed for what happens in Israel, and Asians experience something similar with China, and in fact, no matter where they come from in Asia.
1: Yes, I think that, that there's a very true parallel there. The Jewish community in the United States, the American Jewish community, is not responsible for the actions of the Israeli government nor is he the participant in those decisions. The same is true with regards to the Asian American, the Chinese American in particular, but uh, those that sort of make even further generalizations oftentimes blame the AAPI community more generally for the actions of sovereign nations outside our, uh, our borders.
0: So how mobilized or were the AAPI communities in this country to respond to this uptick in attacks?
1: So obviously they took it uh, as their number one priority because the threat was and has been truly alarming. Uh, but they uh, mobilized and when they did so, they didn't do so alone. Organizations like ADL, other communities, we were there to both show solidarity, but more importantly show support. Unfortunately at ADL, we have experience over incidents of hate that uh, goes back over 100 years. and so. We were able to provide best practices counsel and advice in ways that I think was very useful and very important as the API community faced this uh, spike increase in uh, in hate.
0: Can you give some more specifics about the type of help that we have provided and uh, are continuing to provide to the Asian American community?
1: Absolutely. You know, at ADL, I uh, lead our community engagement, and so. Some of this work fell on myself and my team. It was my number one priority to show solidarity and support for the API community over a prolonged period of time. And we made every best practice and every tool available to them. But let me talk about two uh, specific situations. Um, one is uh, ADL CEO Jonathan Greenblatt was instrumental in creating the Asian American Foundation an organization that currently has over a billion dollars for grant-making in support of AAPI organizations, many of which are incredibly strong and do unbelievable work. A second example is uh, when the uh, mass shooting against uh, Asian-American women happened in Atlanta a little over a year ago. Um, ADL and many other community organizations uh, showed up and showed support to the leaders that were uh, dealing with that very tragic situation. It's one of the most emotional moments in my career at ADL in trying to give guidance and support to leaders in the API community that were seeking ways to help the victims of this very uh, tragic attack.
0: So the Asian American Foundation was has a billion dollars, but it, it was really only recently founded.
1: Yes, just a little over a year ago, uh, it, it, like I said, Jonathan Greenblatt played a big role as did other uh, leaders throughout the country. And it's a really important organization that is doing just amazing work in support of the AAPI community and the organizations that are in the front lines of fighting the spike fight, uh, in discrimination. So,
0: so who are the other partners? Which organizations do we work with besides the Asian American Foundation?
1: We work with a myriad of uh, API organizations, uh, both inside development in Washington, D.C., on federal policy. But, you know, ADL has 25 regional offices, and I'm proud to say that every one of my colleagues leading those regional offices are in partnership with their local organizations, their local counterparts, in the API community. I can name a few, the uh, Committee of 100, an OCA, an American AHAC, uh, and many, many others, but the main point is how closely ADL and the uh, API community has been working together uh, to find hate of all kinds over the past few years, and that is one uh, example of uh, the communities coming together. But in truth, we've seen a spike in discrimination against very many vulnerable communities. And the coalition building uh, has been a priority and something that we have uh, engaged with many other leaders of other communities, too.
0: I saw that we even have a very special program coming up. You know, you, you speak about some of the, the work of the regional offices, a special program coming up with the Japanese American community. What What are the details there?
1: Yes, I'm really excited about this. So, in your introduction, you recognize that May is a PI Heritage Month. Uh, it's also a Jewish, uh, Jewish American Heritage Month in the month of May, and we have looked at the intersectionality of these communities. And it happens that ADL is investing in a fellow uh, who happens to be Japanese American Jewish. And one of the leading Japanese-American national organizations, the uh, Japanese-American Citizenships League, also has a fellow with a similar background. And we're bringing them in front of our audiences to talk about their experiences. We're doing this in a couple of weeks, and it's going to be just fabulous programming. We are following that in in many other ways, including a virtual mission to an internment camp. Uh, And it's going to be fascinating conversations.
0: Uh, that sounds like an incredible program, and uh, I know it's not necessarily your area, but we also have a lot of educational resources on our website, including lesson plans, recommendations for children's books, and other resources, and I'll I'll put a link to that in the show notes uh, uh, to those resources. And, Max, I just want to thank you for uh, all that you've been doing for the AAPI community, and and, uh, thank you for being on today's show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And of course, a big thank you to the listeners who tuned in to From the Frontlines, either live on WVOX 1460 AM or as a podcast. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or on Spotify to ensure that you do not miss a show. Just search for From the Frontlines. And please engage in these important conversations throughout the week by following me on Facebook and Twitter. My handle is at Scott A. Richmond, and our hashtag is Fighting Hate for Good.